in a world between right and wrong, there is only one man. Wait, 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 cut. We're doing a podcast intro, not another movie trailer. Tom, deep voice, good, good. A little more up-tempo, okay? And from the top. <clears throat> Broadcasting from high atop downtown anywhere and heard around the world. From garage to garage, shop to shop, and all across the plains of Texas, we are telling your stories, America's hot rod stories, one hot rod at a time. You're listening to the best hot rod podcast here on the planet. This is Gears, Grease, and Gasoline. So buckle up, my friends, and hold on, because your next episode starts right now. You can uh, state your name and spell your last name and then give me a phone number. Steve Metcalf, M-E-T-C-A-L-F. You can uh, give me the uh, year, make, and model of the car. It's a 1967 Chevrolet Camaro Z28. Well, where'd you get it from? I bought it from a fellow North Texas Camaro Club member that had purchased it about 10 years ago. What do you, what do you think you have? like the most on the car it's just such an unusual car on the 67 z28 they didn't put any emblems on it it doesn't even say that it has a v8 in it the outgoing notification of what it is is the two stripes so it's kind of like a sleeper a little yeah i kind of like that right right on you can uh, give me some uh, specs on your uh, car so the factory rating is a 302 cubic inch engine uh it, they, chevrolet built it these cars specifically to be able to qualify to race in Trans Am. So they had a 305 cubic inch lim- limit. They used a 283 crankshaft and a 327 block to make 302 cubic inches. Um, the compression ratio is 11 to 1, so you got to use good gas in it. It came with a Poly 780 vacuum secondary and aluminum intake manifold from the factory. Four speed, uh, positive traction, 12 volt rear end with 373 gears. Right, right on. Where do you think all your uh, passion came from? Uh, Hot Wheels. When I was a kid. Dude, everybody says that. You yeah. know, everybody, me, I, I made man caves out of Lincoln Logs for my Hot Wheels. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that that is uh, crazy. Is there anybody else, um, either in your family or outside your family, that, you know, shares a passion like you? Most of my friends, yeah. Yeah. I don't have too any family members that are uh, as as nuts about cars as I am, but uh, uh, but I, most of my friends are. And uh, what do you think you got bit by the bug? Um, so my uncle John had a '62 Corvette, and uh, about 1965 or '66, I guess I was four or five years old. Went for riding that car, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah, he, 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 it was over from there. Yep. So, uh, was your uh, dad a car guy? Uh, you know, he had some cool cars, but he wasn't really a car guy. He, I think he was in the 60s, and then the responsibility of being, of being a, a father to two kids kind of kicked yeah, out. So he took over up, more than... ended up driving kind of normal cars, but in the 60s, I remember the first car I remember him having was a 64 SS409 Impala. Okay. The next one was a 66 Mercury Cyclone GT with a 390 and a four-speed. next one was a 67 SS396 Impala. Wrench was dead? Then it was a 71 Vega. Uh, went downhill from there. He wanted something that got a good gas mileage. And, uh, Did you have a wrench with uh, dead in the garage? Yeah, a little bit. He wasn't, he wasn't very mechanical, but uh, but he did a few little, some maintenance items on his own car. Like, hold the flashlight, son. That's kind of it, yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, then I kind of took over when I was about 12 years old. I remember doing okay. a great job on my mother's car for And uh, she said, well, you can do it if you want. Ty, you, sure you're right. 12 doing a brake job. Yes, sir. That's awesome. What was your uh, your first car back in high school? So, uh, three weeks after my 14th birthday, somehow or another, I talked my parents into letting me buy this 57 Chevrolet from Louisville Auto Salvage. Okay. And uh, we went to U-Haul. My mother had a 65 Rambler with a six-cylinder and a three, three on the tree. And uh, we went to U-Haul and rented a, a clamp-on trailer hitch and a clamp-on tow bar. Went up there and drove that car to my parents' house and I spent the next year, it didn't have a motor or transmission, hardly any interior. I spent the next year working on it and uh, built a fresh 283 for it and uh, had a friend rebuild a power glide that I got and uh, got it running and driving and then I sold it before I got my driver's license. Somebody oh, offered oh, no me But I do know the current owner. Okay. And I'm 61 now. Yeah. And, uh, hey, hey. Would you ever buy it back if you could? Oh, I'm on the list. Oh, yeah. He told I'm, me his kids were first. All right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, said, he said, yeah, if my kids don't want it, I'll give you a call. But I got a funny feeling one of them's going to want it. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. What uh, one thing would you uh, change on your car and why? Uh, I don't think I would change anything on this one. Really? Yeah, it's it's got the original born with motor and transmission and rear end. Um, the uh, from my understanding, there's only 16 remaining. 67. So have that. is it all original? Yes. Car? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, uh, so did, did you like pretty much grow up around cars? Or? Um, it seemed like all my neighbors' dads had that worked on their own cars. So if they were working on their car, I was the kid over there leaning over the fender, handing them wrenches, yep. asking questions, and and uh, said so one guy across the street that had a '67 big block Chevelle down the, the guy down the street had a '66 Mustang fastback with a 289 and a three-speed in it, and the guy behind me had a '67 Belvedere with a 440 in it. Regular and car show in your neighborhood. Just and another, and another guy on the next block over had a Mach One, and, and everybody was always working on their own cars. So uh, anytime that's, I could dive in the middle of it, I was there. That's, that's awesome. What What's your all-time favorite car movie and why? Car movie. I think uh, you know it's a it, uh, it's a newer one, but I, I think the uh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Fast and Furious. Uh, no, no. Um, Gone in sixty seconds. That was a pretty good one. And uh, good uh, chasing. Yeah, they tore some stuff up. Um, and it's got a few Easter eggs in that movie that you have to hunt for. Uh, well, okay. Uh, the Tibbet Special is in there. Google Tibbet Special. It's, it's in there. Yeah. And uh, it was before it's restored, and uh, it's gone now. It burned in some California fire. Oh, jeez. Um, there's a uh, uh, what's the Le Mans the, the 24 Hours of Le Mans, the new one that came out. I can't right. Pretty good. I can't think that. Um, Sunday. Yeah, but there's. Anyway, it was pretty true to the force. It had some, they embellished a little bit, but I think it's a great movie. Is there, a, is there a, somebody out there today in the car world that you really admire on their builds or on their uh, creativity? Um, well, a guy named Ed Kimbrough was the first real shop I worked at when I was a teenager. And he was a captain in the army and, uh, in West Germany and managed to shop with 200 men in it. And uh, so I was 17 years old when I went to work for him at a little Texaco station on Camp Bowie. And I was pretty a pretty good shade tree mechanic, and he just pounded process and procedure on how to do things right into my head. And uh, so I really looked up to it, and he's still a great friend of mine. Right on. So, well, where did you uh, grow up? Are you a Texas native? If not, where are you from? Yeah, uh, 
I was born in Parkland Hospital in Dallas. Uh, my parents, we, we, lived, really? we lived in Mesquite. My parents moved to Benbrook in uh, September 68 uh, with my dad's job and uh, lived there ever since. But Ken, let me follow up. What, what do you love about, you know, here in Texas, two words. I think the fact that people are straightforward and honest and sometimes it's painful if they tell you the truth. Yeah. But I'd rather hear that than some BS. Oh, yeah. Y yes, sir. Yes, sir. If there, if there is somebody out there right now listening to, you know, the podcast here on Gears, Grace, and Gasoline, or they're reading your article in the magazine, they're, they're attempting their uh, first build or their first uh, project, but they came to a roadblock and they want to give up. And hey guys, this is Clint over at Bearded Devil's Garage in Granbury, Texas. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page. Come by and see what we do. Look at our work, check out our rides. That's Bearded Devil's Garage on Facebook. Now back to your episode. Walk away. If you can, what would you tell them? Well, uh, I think the trick to building an engine or building a whole car is to keep everything organized as you take it apart. And it, it's kind of tricky, but my method is I use freezer Ziploc baggies and I staple them to the wall with the parts in them. So intake manifold bolts, carburetor bolts. And that, that, that's pretty smart. Right I, ride on, I ride on it with a Sharpie what it is, and the day I took it off, and I'll take that bag down, clean those parts, get so they're ready to go back together, put them back in the bag, and hang them back up. So when it comes time, and I kind of do it like this. So yeah, you don't lose anything they're right there yeah and my wife Ted, gives me a lot of leeway she knows this is a passion of mine so she doesn't mind if I make a mess in the garage <laughs> and uh, uh, the, but the other thing is what motivates me is I'll go to a car show and see somebody if, I, if I'm kind of dragging my butt on one and I'll, I'll, I'll see a car a car that reminds me of what I want where I want to be with mine so I go back home and have a new motivation and the other thing that motivates me is going to the drag races and uh, just smell some nitro methane yeah I call it my annual dose of nitro methane at Ennis and uh, um, and then I go home and I just want to get to work on my car and get, it, get finish another project or if there's something else I want to do to it that'll help motivate me to do it and then just hanging around guys that have cars that, that are good at getting theirs done they're, they're good motivators you know because a lot of times in the, in the car world you get guys that say hey man I'll come over and help you know or let me come over there and get you started on that thing again and so that helps out a lot just having a lot of friends that are in the same hobby that's awesome awesome uh, let's see here Begin, uh, please, please uh, tell the readers something either nobody knows about you or that car. Hmm. I'm kind of an open book. There's not much people don't know about me. Um, I've uh, uh, been a mechanic since I was a teenager. Uh, retired last December of 2022 and uh, sold all three of my shops to my very first employee that was my just a mechanic helper and uh, he listened and uh, worked himself into a pretty good position and uh, isn't anything that kid can't figure out to fix and uh, um, so did, did you uh, build cars in the past work on cars and on that what do you mean? In, in your shop, was it building cars? No, our or shop, our shop just normal, everyday, regular cars. And, okay. Uh, um, the uh, uh, the uh, you know the, the good market for making a living as a mechanic is you work on a car cars that there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. So my area of expertise was Hondas and Acuras. Okay. And uh, then my second shop we went to, we opened up was for Toyotas and Lexus. Oh. And, cool. uh, okay. Uh, so we specialize in those cars. And uh, um, the project cars we get, you know, in the Toyota shop, we see a few old FJ40s come in, and uh, the people that own them, it's a toy project car for them. So they ended up sitting at the shop for six or eight months, 
and uh, you know, we'll say, hey, we need one of these, and they'll go hunt down the park, and then they finally get the park to us two months later. So it's, those are difficult when you don't have a lot of room to, to have that kind of business. And uh, I'd love to be in the love to have been in the hot rod building business my whole life, but I think it would have burnt me out on them now. So oh, okay. Now, now, I'm, now I'm really loving playing with these old cars again um, because I've got more time to do so. And uh, um, uh, But I think if I did it every day, I'd get burnt out on it. So I, so I kind of like the fact that I just pick normal cars to work on for a living. Yeah, I do that sometimes, uh, going to shows and all that. If I go to too many shows, I kind of get burnt out. I want to take, you know, a couple of days off, bring, bring like group and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, kind of come back and hit it, uh, you know, hard and all that. Is there anything that you ever uh, worked on that in your uh, business that it was going smooth at first and then it kind of veered off and it took a, a detour? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's happened many times over the last <laughs> I think years. everybody, you know. You know that's what I call it. And, and that gives, what, gives, a, gives us what I call mechanics frustration. Oh. That's when you hear a few, some cussing out in the shop and some tools flying around. And, That's uh, when you get busted knuckles. Busted knuckles, knuckles that way, yeah. yeah. Or losing them. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, my mom, mom and dad always told me when I was younger, I was delivering paint and jumping off of, you know, the truck and all that stuff. Now, your knees are going to get, you know, get arthritis. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now my knees are bad. You know, my back's bad. You know, I get, I think, arthritis in, you know, my bones. I got that in my fingers. And then I would uh, crunch my uh, knuckles. Now I don't do that, you know. Like, well, I can't do that no more because they hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you want to let us know anything else? Do you have any other uh, project cars? I've got a, little, a really nice '69 pace car um, that uh, only has a little over 55,000 miles on it from new. It was parked, and a lady bought it new in '69 in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, she drove it for five years. It was parked in 74. The guy that was the president of the Camaro Club up there bought it in 2005 from a guy that bought it from her and stored it, thinking he was going to make a race car out of it. And uh, he spent a fortune restoring it. And uh, it's just a really nice, good little driver. It's a small block with a four-speed, 331 gears, and just drives great. So uh, um, I've got another car, a little 67 base V8, three-speed car that... Uh, I put a supercharged Cadillac CTSV LSA drive line and it's got a 4L80 transmission and a 9 inch Ford under it and 4 wheel disc brakes now. It came with 4 wheel drum brakes, you know, and uh, um, I'm in the process of getting it road, road worthy right now. I've only put about 20 miles on it since so I'm do you, uh, do you have like a man cave or you know, yeah, a shop? Yeah, I finally got permission from my wife to build a shop at my house about 12 years ago. So I built a 33 by 43 with 13 foot ceiling so I can put, have some lifts in it. And, All right, uh, cool. And it's spray foam insulated and got central heat and air. So. Do you have AC in there too? Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, good to have AC. Yeah, mentioned uh, your wife does she share your uh, passion too uh, you know she might share it a little bit i think it's more she tolerates it okay and, uh, she, she told me of all the all the vices men can have i'm okay with this one and uh, <laughs> she said i know where you're at what you're doing you're enjoying yourself you're probably not going to hurt yourself or do anything too stupid <laughs> does she like uh, cruising in the car I think she preferred one that has air conditioning. And, oh, you don't have air in there? No, six, uh, you couldn't get air conditioning in the Z28 for the first three years. Okay. And, uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, if you want to uh, take and give us any uh, kudos or shout outs, anybody that you know helped you do anything you know along the ways, now's the time. 
Uh, okay. No. Probably too many is the problem. What's that? Probably too many is the problem. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. uh, your wife? Well, she's number one. That's for sure. Yeah, they they're kind of put put the wife in there, you know. So um, now, if you can state your name, spell your last name, and then give me a phone number one more time. Okay, Steve Metcalf, M E T C A L F. Thank you, uh, folks. This has been. You know, the second shoot of issue number 32. You want to see Steve's car? Sign up over at www.bustednucklemagazine.com. If that don't work, I thought I'd repair that, but go uh, check out www.bustednuckleradandtruckmagazine.com. Go check that out. This will be up on uh, Spotify, and then Steve will be in issue number 32, and it comes out November 4th. So get signed up and support everybody that supports us. We love you, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Hey, folks, you just heard another awesome, awesome interview podcast here on gears grease and gasoline remember each and every monday at five o'clock texas time right here we take and we drop a brand new episode so anyways i need to pay some bills say some shout outs and uh, kudos and thank yous first and foremost i want to give a big shout out to uh, turnkey print and embroidery located down there in awesome uh, Joshua next I want to give a big shout out to uh, Matt over yesterday's uh, diner right down there in uh, Bridgeport and then I want to give a big big shout out to image 360 uh, graphics uh, my buddy uh, Scott over there at you know the print house in San Antonio Texas and we have more info for you know everybody that advertises right here on the podcast in the description so when you click on that episode you want to listen to if you look right there in the description um, the directions all that stuff you know about the podcast it tells you a little more about you know the People in the companies out there advertising uh, with us. So we have their their phone numbers, their email, their websites, you know, all that stuff. So, anyways, uh, check them out. If it wasn't uh, because of them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Come to your small town, your small shops, and do these awesome, awesome, you know, little uh, podcast interviews with you know all you guys and gals out there spreading the love all over you know pretty much all over the uh, world so um anyways uh go check out our magazine issue number 29 is ready to pop ready to uh come out uh later on tonight so anyways that's up at www.bustednucklemagazine.com www.bustednucklemagazine.com go over there and uh, check that out and uh, we put up a brand new uh, website so 
it it is still not uh, working yet where you can order stuff go ahead and email me directly at texasrich at bustedknucklemagazine.com once more that's texasrich at bustedknucklemagazine.com we have a lot more interviews a lot more podcast episodes uh, to come so remember each and every Monday at 5 o'clock here at Texas time we take and we drop a brand new episode so uh, get it got it and download it we'll see you guys soon we love you Texas we love you beyond take care <laughs>